The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all, for he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you also should do. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy Week is usually a time when things really begin to come to, the, uh, to their height on Holy Thursday, Good Friday, culminating, of course, in the Easter Vigil on Saturday. But this week, barely in the shadow of Palm Sunday, the world around was glued to TV monitors, to computer monitors, to cell phones, as on Monday... Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris caught fire. Over and over and over, I saw friends and family posting pictures, memories, moments, in shock and in prayer. As I was reflecting upon it and as the news began to unfold, I recognized in the fire at Notre Dame the reality of exactly what is taking place in these most holy days. And it came in the person of the chaplain of the firemen. A priest recognizing that someone was inside left. And he ran into the church as fire was falling from the sky, as he described it, 
as like a waterfall. And he ran into the church, and two things he made sure to grab. First, the person that he went to go into, Jesus Christ, present in the Most Holy Eucharist. And he grabbed the crown of thorns. And then as he departed the church, he took the Blessed Sacrament. And as we do here each, each month, every so often at least now, he took the Blessed Sacrament and held it up and made the sign of the cross in the church. And he walked out, leaving it empty. It struck me this reality that he goes, he gets the Eucharist. He puts himself, the priest, and he puts his, his priesthood into service, embodying what Christ himself did. To go and get the Eucharist, which is the central mystery of our faith. He celebrates Holy Thursday. He goes to the chapel of the crown of thorns. For those of you who don't know, we actually have the crown of thorns that Jesus wore. It was in Notre Dame Cathedral. Something that you can't ever replace. You can't wait for Jesus to give us another one. You can't make a replica that looks just like it. There is one and only one crown of thorns. Good Friday itself was picked up. And then as the priest exited the church, he gave the final blessing of God, and he left empty. As the silence of the empty tomb took its place. The things that the priest did are informative to us. It would have been easy simply to go and grab all the gold vessels. It's money after all, right? It would be easy to go in and grab the nice, fine works of art, culture, tradition, history. But he grabbed the most important thing. He himself noted it. He said, he said yes, I wanted to get the crown of thorns, but I wanted to get the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. Because I know what it means to lose someone in the fire. And I didn't want to lose him. He recognized that the Eucharist is no sign, is no symbol. One doesn't run into a burning building, risking death, to save a sign or a symbol. But one can do so to save a person. To lay down one's life for one's friends, as Christ himself sets the standard. But not only that he goes in and he, get, and he grabs the, the blessed sacrament to, to bring it to safety. But he shows us, by giving benediction, that the Eucharist has power. This is important for us to remember. That the Eucharist has power. The Eucharist changes the world, even though we may not be aware of it. The Eucharist changes things.
for the priest to pause and to bless with the most blessed sacrament, to bless with the hand of God, the face of Christ in the Eucharist, to bless this church and to ask God's blessing upon it, was to say, Christ, you have power even here. When all seems lost, when the, the, literally the walls are falling in, the roof is falling in, when all hope seems lost, Lord, you have power here. The Eucharist is power. Over and over and over and again in the church, we have seen saints of God and ordinary people become means by which Christ shows his power in the Eucharist. That it has the power to shape our hearts. To take hearts that can be the hardest of stone and to soften them. This is what Christ can do. Because the Eucharist is Christ. It is him. The liturgy of the church reminds us today of this most central mystery and just how important it is and especially that we spend time with him. There's the the Ordo of the church. It's a sacristy book that tells you what page the readings are on. It tells you what feast to celebrate and what colors to wear and what mass parts are optional, what's required, and all kinds of fancy details that most people don't even think to ask. All of this information is on this nice little page. And for today's feast, we celebrate multiple things. We celebrate the institution of the priesthood, certainly. We celebrate the mandatum, the mandate of Christ, to be able to place oneself at the feet of others in service. The washing of the feet is the sign of this. We celebrate the reception of the holy oil as blessed by our bishop yesterday. All of those things are optional, though. In case of need, the washing of the feet can be set aside. In case of need, we don't have to have a celebration bringing the oils in. We can simply place them in the ambry on the side to recognize that they are here. But there are two things that are absolutely required for us in this liturgy. First, the celebration of the Most Holy Eucharist. The making present once more the Eucharistic celebration. But then, interestingly the transfer of the Blessed Sacrament to a place of repose so that the faithful can spend time with him. These are the two things required by the church tonight. All the rest we will indeed celebrate. But whenever the church gets to the bare requirements, she shows us the most important things. To see him in the breaking of the bread and to follow him as we will do out of the church to go spend time with him in the garden, to pray with him, to rest with him. Everyone, as we come here tonight, the Lord desires to do something in our hearts. It may be something grand. It may be something so minuscule we ourselves barely recognize it. But every one of us has something that God desires to do in our hearts by virtue of his power in the Most Holy Eucharist. He wants to give us something. 
but it takes us coming to rest with him. Over and again in the scriptures, our blessed Lord speaks to his disciples and to others, and he says, come to me, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. I will give you rest. Come to me. In the Holy Eucharist, we realize this command of Christ. We go to him and we rest. And we recognize that if there is any need of our soul, if there is any problem within our heart, if there is any worry within our mind, if there is anything whatsoever that is not at absolute peace within us, there is one and only one thing that ultimately will solve that ache. And it is Him. It is Christ. He solves everything. He is the answer to every need of the human heart. John Paul II of Happy Memory put it as such and rather simply. He said, in that little white host is the solution to all the problems of the world. And that little white host is the solution to all the problems of the world. Because it is Christ. Thanks be to God. As we celebrate this great feast, let us recognize in the little white host the answer to every need of our heart. And not simply to recognize it, but to be willing to follow after him. To rest with him, to spend time with him, to worship him, and there to find peace.